Striking while the iron's hot to be your authoritative voice for New Mexico soccer. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike podcast. Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find us on the web at seekandstrikecollective.com. Welcome to another episode of We Are Seek and Strike podcast, and not just another episode, but a special Easter Sunday episode, one that you make you want to take out the Easter grass in your Easter basket and throw it all over the place. Let's put our hands together and welcome in special guest, one of the honest lads, Devin Kerr. Devin Kerr, how are you doing today? Put your hands together to welcome me. Normally, I get the slow clap when I leave the room because people are so excited that you know they're they're done with me. Chris, my man, dude, I'm I'm honest to be on here, man. I, it's been it's been a long time coming for you and I. You know, we've we've chatted on social media for a long period of time. We've talked about getting together, and you know, we just weren't able to make it happen. But what a better way to do it than on this fine Easter Sunday, stuck in this closet that is my temporary home. Uh, and I apologize to the fans at home. I, we had a little audio issue on my end, blame me. Hopefully I'm still coming in clear, but this is where I record all my stuff. I'm currently in a closet. We're in the middle of a, an addition and renovation on our home. So, you know, life handed me lemons and, and I made bourbon, right? So I think I did very well for myself considering my surroundings. I mean, I would say so, because apparently you can always do a wardrobe change in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> yeah you know the question is is do we go with the the olive short sleeve sweater i don't necessarily know i was thinking more pastels but okay apparently her closet's not very well stocked oh here we go you know something like this oh like that this that's gonna show nice. that's gonna it's show up your arms you know it's dry fit but not you know we can show the fans at home some of the tattoos that never make it on camera that's that's good i think we go with that one that'll hey, be a mid-show change right there hey, we'll hey, gr- green sleeveless Top, that's totally your color, Devin. That's going to bring out your eyes. That's a party. And a party on a Sunday morning, for sure. I mean, but I see you're like me. You like to wear black. So, I mean, we're both in the same same realm of of dressing. We could could exchange shirts and be set. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the hat. uh, Can't see the... Can we see the socks? Oh, hey, you even have... Look, you even have green... Or is that... You have green shorts on? I got green shorts on. I was matching before I even knew it, Chris... I tell you, man, sometimes it's scary. I'm so ahead of the game. It freaks me out. Backup player for the Rowdies, minus the yellow stripes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm not a big hoops fan. I don't think I would do well in the the golden yellow. (laughs) Well, and speaking of green things, Easter grass, right? It's Easter Sunday, Easter grass. Do you have any fond memories of like just tossing out the Easter grass, looking for the uh, the toys inside the basket? I got a couple good ones. So the first one. When I moved to South Florida, there's a park that I played all my soccer games at. One of the parks, anyway. And um, they would open up the baseball field. So, basically, you would start right around the dugouts. But the, it was a big baseball field. I mean, these were Junior and Babe Ruth, which in South Florida was um, – it was basically what you continued on through after Little League and the juniors. 
and the fence was like 350, 375, so pretty deep. So you would start at the um, dugouts, and they would basically blow a whistle, and you would take off, right? right. And I used to always love, because I was faster than all the kids, you know, 12, 13 years old, running by all these little kids, and kids my age, of course, but running by all of them. But the problem was is I hadn't planned ahead because the grass itself was slippery. You're running at like 9 o'clock in the morning, and the dew point in Florida, there's always humidity that just drops like that. And it'll go from 65 degrees at 6 a.m. And the next thing you know, it's 85 by 8 a.m. I mean, it jumps that quick. Right. It's fog. So the grass is just as slick as it can be. And here I am blowing kids out because I've got my traction. You know, I'm taking off doing well for myself. And the whole outfield is scattered with eggs. And the eggs themselves, some of them have special eggs in them. You could win like the big baskets. A couple of them have like 100, 200 bucks in it. And it was really, really fun. They told you the gold color eggs were the ones that were the special one. There was like 10 out of a thousand. I mean, that's they were the coveted ones, right? Right. So I had two in my sights and I took off and I literally turned around and saw that I was a good 30 feet in front of everybody else. And right when I got there, there were two that were right next to each other, probably in a five foot span. And I hit the brakes. See ya. Right on the ground, just took off. And I had to watch those ugh, unathletic people running behind me. Still the eggs for me. It's a, it's a it's a memory that still haunts my dreams today. However, another good memory is we used to have, we still do them when uh, when I'm not working. We did Easter egg contests within the family, decorating, okay. and it got serious. My brother's an artist. I mean, he's he's hand stenciling. I remember he had a fighter pilot one time looking up through the cockpit. Like it's it's a serious thing. <laughs> he's mixing so colors. I, he's ridiculous. Yeah, he's mixing colors. I mean, patterns freaking people out, right? Right. And um, I decided that I was going to try something different. So Internet wasn't around back then. I mean, understand, I'm talking if it was around, it was non-existent. You know, we so, weren't, you, so at this point, you don't have access to a Pinterest. You can't go on. Oh, and... no, no, no. <laughs> no there, there's no Pinterest. Mark Zuckerberg couldn't even spell book, yet alone put face in front of it. You know, there were there was a lot of things going on <laughs> prior to this. I mean, we're looking at like 1995, 96. And so I had gotten the idea for an arts and crafts book where you took an egg and you poked a hole and you actually blew the egg out. So the yolk and everything came out the bottom. Then you chipped away the top and I took a candle and I melted the inside with wax. So my my glorified entry that year was a layered, colored wax candle. I had three different layers of wax mm. and it took a long time to dry because it's encapsulated by the egg right. itself and it's hot. I mean, think about a hard boiled egg, right? When you get done, that, that thing's hot for a while. Yeah. Until this day. My family is so upset because of two things. One, I won the contest because, and everybody thinks it's so ugly. Personally, much like the, the dressing, I was a man ahead of my time. I'm an artiste. I couldn't yeah. help it, you know? And two, they're so pissed because it's still around. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just wax. So every Easter at my grandmother's and my mother's house, I, will, I know where they keep it in the home and they try and hide it, but I just walk in, I get it. So we go to Easter dinner or brunch or whatever, and I just set it right in the middle of the table. And they just look and they're like, where the hell did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're probably trying to throw a wick in it so they can melt it down for once. Right? Destroy the evidence. You know, it's the gift that keeps on giving, Chris. That's what I'm all about. I find a way to make an impact on someone's life, and then 20 years later, it's still coming back on them. Well, and I mean, speaking of eggs that are hollowed out, let's talk about confetti eggs, right? So I have a fond memory of just being egged and egged and egged as a kid. And every time I thought for sure I was going to get all this yolk on my fine Sunday's best. And uh, one time, you know, this 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 kid had walked up and he's like, 
I'm gonna get you. And I was like, oh man, we're, you know, my my moments are like I'm nine years old. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, spending time with my grandparents. They got me in this nice periwinkle, full on three piece suit. I'm playing uh, hide and seek at the church, and uh, all of a sudden, this kid just rolls up and he just takes this egg. And I'm about this point where I'm, I think I'm about to knock him out. I'm just, you know, <laughs> just kind of like kind of holding all this aggression. And just rolls up and just kind of bam, just hits me in the head with this egg, and just all this confetti sprinkles down. And it took me a minute, but I just started laughing. I was like, "Oh man, that's so crazy!" And then from there, you know, I guess it, I just kind of, you know, it just became this kind of fun thing. We just grab these confetti eggs, and you know, so now every time in life, when someone's rolling up with eggs and it's Easter. I'm typically thinking they're confetti eggs, right? But no, nah, they've been real for sure. Like I've definitely got some <laughs> yolk and things, you know, on my my gear and whatnot. So, you know, all that to say, man, you just never can trust someone with an egg in their hand. You don't know if it's yeah. gonna be like glitter or if it's gonna be like actual food. There's a guy in um in my town of Delray Beach. That's I live in Delray Beach, Florida. There's a guy, they have a chocolate factory. It's called 5150 Chocolate Factory. 5150 is the police code. I think it stands for like mentally insane or something like that. Right, right. Um, his his tag is like on Instagram is like the real Willy Wonka. And the guy's got a crazy <laughs> pedigree in terms of chocolate background. But this place is sick. And so he's got chocolate eggs. I mean, I'll see if I can get some pictures and send them to you in yeah. terms of what the actual inside looks like. But he's got chocolate eggs that have gold flakes woven into the chocolate. They're a thousand bucks a piece. One day, right? We, we, you and I can dream one day we can get some of those. Well, and did you ever like kind of grow up on like Cadbury eggs? And you see yeah, the little my wife's com- got them in the fridge right now. <laughs> you see the commercials, they got that like that, like kind of weird, sort of caramelly, like looking yolk inside. And yeah, you know, I, I never no, really, we still don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I never really liked it as a kid. I mean, I just prefer the hollowed egg. Sometimes you get lucky, you got a solid egg, you bite in and you break your teeth on it. Yeah. I like the uh, the branched off. Like, you had to have a Cadbury egg around Easter, right? Just because. But like, what if I mean, when Reese's, Milky Way, Snickers, they all started getting their eggs, them bootleg eggs. Oh yeah, I'm a, that's what I'm about. I actually had the Reese's one this year, and the chocolate to peanut butter ratio is actually better than a Reese's peanut butter cup. My personal really, opinion. yeah. Well then, you know? what then what? Let's talk about Peeps real quick. So yeah, Peeps has gotten uh, innovative. I was looking up this. I was looking up one of the Peeps. From uh, from I guess earlier this year, the hot tamale peeps, and then while I was oh. doing that, I saw pancakes and syrup peeps. Ooh, don't mind that. Hey, there's actually I don't know if you're aware. There's a conspiracy online, not a conspiracy, but there is a a deep lying set of people, we'll say online, specifically Twitter, that believe two candies should not exist. One of them is actually peeps. The other one is candy corn. Uh, <laughs> there's a there's a good guy on Twitter. His name is at Hoops Radio. His name is Ryan Rose at Hoops Radio. Um, he does. He's like a producer and director, and I've worked with a couple times. He's an avid peep hater. Thinks that it should be stricken from the earth. And then the other one is Neil Rule. Neil Rule does uh, a lot of men's college basketball. He's the voice for Oakland out of Michigan, and he he also is one of the believers that candy corn. Candy corn is one of the worst things to ever hit the shelf. So it's always fun for me where Neil will probably start around like July, August. You know, the, the holidays are changing. You'll start to see sprinkles of 
um, Halloween coming in and he starts his campaign. And then, you know, that continues on because now we, it's not just, it's not just candy corn for, um, for Halloween anymore. Now they, you know, they move it into Thanksgiving, of course. And then now they've got, you know, flavors and colors, just like peeps is doing when you move into Christmas and new year's right. and then peeps take over. And you talked about it like that, that hot tamale peeps and they got different flavors and, you know, the uh, the maple syrup peeps and all that stuff. But then they start to fade out. So there's really only like a month out of the year that these guys aren't campaigning online for the removal of said candies. It's astounding. Well, well and Pepsi is trying to figure it out. They got the special limited editions peeps and Pepsi version. You know, I'm trying to <laughs> sign up online. You know, maybe I got to <sighs> screenshot this like here. I'm hanging out with my peeps and then kind of Photoshop <laughs> in, you know, the product so we can both try to win some of that limited edition, even sweeter Pepsi, um, apparently it's 26 grams in a 7.5 ounce can. Whoa. That's a lot. I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to have that much sugar at one point in time. <laughs> well, you definitely would have to go out there and burn the, the neighborhood kids on the grass again. It would definitely be a reprise of your, uh, yeah. your earlier, your earlier glory days. I just um, got to put my boots on. So I stopped this time. <laughs> right. And so, so speaking of Easter egg hunts, uh, U- USL fans uh, lately have uh, certainly gone on quite the quest, uh, Googling uh, team schedules, hitting Ticketmasters, hoping for leaks from teams doing uh, prospective posts on Instagram, things like that, where they're just not as smooth and they somehow release a good Easter egg. So let's talk about, first off, um, I guess the off-season transfers uh, that you've been privy to, um, you know, what what kind of things do you get to see kind of from your eyes? What sort of baskets are being put together um, in front of your eyes that you're, that you're, you have access to? Yeah. So we're very fortunate. Um, I think it's, it's organization specific for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, um, you know, we hear a lot of chatter, honestly, like even going back to the previous season. So, we hear about guys that are they're being looked at, guys that are happy where they're at, unhappy, moves that have already been made. Um, you know, the I'll get a good example. The Kalen Ryden, for instance, to New Mexico United. Let's go back a year and a half. We he was actually scheduled, I don't know if this is public knowledge or not, but he was actually scheduled to join another team. That was done and dusted heading into the 2019 USL championship final. Um, sat down with him and they had had it done for maybe two months. So you're going back to you know September, October. Um, not going to get into the specifics about why it didn't happen, but then we knew about New Mexico United and it was kind of like a last minute thing for him in turning the switch. But, you know, guys that Cameron Lancaster on loan to Louisville, we knew about that in, and I'm going back to the beginning of the 2020 season, for instance, I don't want to break through as to everything that's <laughs> gone on in 21, but uh, stuff that has now been become more public, you know, Cam, we knew about Cam in late November, early December. Um, we actually knew about it before he did, interestingly enough. And uh, that wasn't the greatest thing. Someone got wind of it and out of the Nashville camp and they released it inappropriately. And so the player found out online that he was going alone and he had no clue. Um, but, you know, a lot of the coaches, we, we, we get a chance to talk to them. They pick our brain. We pick theirs. It's very much a, um, you know, I'll scratch my back, you scratch yours type of deal where, we we have the the luxury we will of said knowledge but it's kind of hard sometimes because it's all this gossip and you can't talk about it right if right. you're in the room and you're on the conversation great i mean there's times where 
you know, before Tyler Terrence leaving for Chicago Fire, he would know things, I would know things. And it was almost like you looked at each other and said, do I know what you know? Do you know what I know? Can we talk about it? Mike Watson air always, um, you know, he and I talk about that all the time. It's, <laughs> it's like, Hey man, uh, you say it without saying it. it's like, Hey, have you talked to John Hackworth? And it's like, yeah, have you? Yes, I have. Have you talked to Troy Lesane? I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> so you kind of just lead each other down the path, but um, there's been some great offseason moves. I, I think uh, a lot of teams in the East have gotten stronger for sure. Um, I love the way that the divisions have played out. I think that there's still, from what I hear, I've heard of two names, big names. We'll see if it happens. Uh, coming coming back is probably the way to say it without giving it away. Um, one is in the East, one is in the West, and one is in your division. Uh, and it's not a New Mexico United <laughs> signing. So uh, that that's the most I can give right now, <laughs> unfortunately. Again, like, if I if I jeopardize the trust of, of Troy Lasane, he's never going to talk to me again. You know. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, you, so, you got to keep it there. But uh, and there's other coaches, by the way, who like not only are they not really interested in talking to us about what's going on, but they won't even talk to us mid-season. So hey, uh, hey to, e- like, to each their own. We're not everybody's cup of tea, right? Right, right, right. They're like, oh, you know, it's we're just not going to even embargo you. <laughs> Exa- oh, whoa! That was good. I just opened myself a little coffee, and that broke open. Oh man! So that that crackling sound we just heard was uh, coffee in your lap, huh? Yeah, it just went all over. That's okay. Hey, you um, know what though? You're in a closet, and I'm sure there's a pair of shorts in there. I got. I do you one better. I got a towel. Oh man! There we go. I tell you, bro. This th- there's a there's a simplicity that you have to take um, full advantage of by downsizing, and that's not a bad thing by any means. But I can tell you this, if I was at home in my master closet, I'd have to get up, we'd have to stop the recording and I'd have to leave. But instead, I have all the tools at my disposal right in front of me. I'm saying. Who knew? Like, you, Who knew? I mean, you know, it's perfect. It's perfect. You need you a know? belt? I got it. You need a bathing suit? I got it. Women's <laughs> cover-up? Absolutely. Yo, what kind of towel you want? I got two different colored grays. I got a oh, sweater. Man. I got hats. This is great. I mean, perfect. I mean, like, you, you know, we can go ahead and go on eBay and go ahead and sell some stuff for two. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So then, so so speaking more about the USL, um, you know, recently, obviously, you know, we've seen preseasons underway. There's different key matches out there, you know, from the fans' perspective, you know, in New Mexico, not having soccer for a year, they're just excited for anything. They want the club to go live. They've flown drones. They've got dudes sitting in back of trucks. I mean, it's it is pretty wild out here. Um, but in terms of preseason matches, sometimes also it's really hard for fans to kind of gauge, you know, if yeah. their clubs are better than they were the previous year, um, you know, kind of speaking specifically to United, but we can even talk about other clubs, even in the division as well. Um, what clubs have you seen that, you know, that look like they're uh, better this year than, than previous year? And what kind of things do you think make those clubs that way? Yeah, great question. So I'll start with this. <laughs> Preseason isn't meaningless by any means in terms of results. I mean, obviously, they're going through the motions for a reason, but it's not meaningless by any means. You should be concerned if your team's not gaining any points. You know what I mean? Um, And I say points is, you know, get a victory, get a draw. I will say, however, though, that there are plenty of teams, literally within any sport in the United States and globally, that that struggle in preseason. You'll see a team go one and three. You know, they go – they go – two draws and two losses, something like that. Um, 
take note of it, but don't, you know, don't invest too much into it because so many different combinations are used. Um, so many different players are used. I mean, good example before we get specifically into USL teams, I called LA Galaxy and Sporting Kansas City last night, uh, MLS preseason game. The lineup for Galaxy, Chicharito was playing up top. Of course, everybody knows Javier Hernandez and what he's right. done globally. So Chicharito is playing in the nine. A young homegrown who actually made his debut last year. Name was Cameron Dunbar. Young kid. I think he, he might be 17 now, but he, he signed at 16 years of age. He's playing out on the wing. So you've got a global superstar that was and is trying to get his career back on track playing in the nine. Right. And on one of the wings, you've got a kid who's only stepped onto the pitch for Galaxy at the senior level. Four appearances I think he had last year in 2020. And then just inside of them, their attacking midfielder was a 21-year-old who left college early who's a trialist for LA Galaxy 2. That right there is not a makeup for success. And they right. struggled. Um, and, and you see similar things within USL. You know, um, I've seen Phoenix Rising. And, and also, to track back for one second, camera angles are really difficult as well because a lot of these games, they're shooting one camera, they're shooting two cameras, and they're not game cameras either. A lot of times, they're they're angled at the side or it's something from the back. It's stuff that teams are going to grab, they're willing to throw up online, but they're not investing a lot in. And, you know, we have the luxury regularly of shows that are at least four cameras for USL, and then you move into MLS where you're doing 12, 15, 18 camera shows. You know, you're doing Open Cup games in the final, you're getting 25 cameras. So... Um, take that with a grain of salt. I've seen Phoenix, a um, little bit of Colorado Springs, Real Monarchs. They don't – I'm just sticking within the Mountain Division for you guys right now. Monarchs don't even have players at camp right now. Their organization either has guys that they think are going to be playing for the Monarchs but want first-team minutes. They've got them in Tucson right now going through the Visit Tucson Cup for preseason. There are like three guys in Harriman right now that, that are training. Um I've heard rumblings of what San Antonio has done. Haven't seen them. Let me drop down here. Galaxy 2, same thing. Not a lot of guys. Uh, Oakland's interesting. I haven't seen Oakland yet. Oh, I've, I talked about this on Priyana Slides. I'm very careful to pass judgment on people personally until I see something with my own eyes. Um, I have a, I don't want to say I have a trust issue, but if someone comes and says to me, oh, this team played well or that team played well, there are very few people, respectfully, that I will actually trust that opinion. Right. Um, no disrespect to anybody. I just view things in a certain way. And if I share those views and morals with someone, you know, I, we can align our thoughts. But what I have heard about Oakland is they're struggling and they're struggling heavily. And it starts from the top of the coaching staff and it trickles down. Um, I'd be real curious to see from an expansion standpoint in relation to what's going on recently, San Diego, New Mexico United, teams that have come in and, and made an impact on the league right away from a culture standpoint, from a results standpoint. Um, I'll be real curious to see how that plays out. And I'm not passing judgment on them at all, but having not seen them firsthand, I'm careful. But I also, I may not believe everything that I've heard, but when you hear it from multiple sources that things aren't going well and you haven't even kicked off yet, that's not a good thing. I mean, is it, is it, there, have there been any instances in your time in, in the league where a team has been able to jump over from one league to, to the next and, and do well? referencing like NASL or NISA yeah, coming into USL? Yeah exactly. yeah, exactly. It's a good question. Um, not so far, no. Um, you know, expansion teams, yes. But even those have been few and far between. I mean, if you take a look at expansion overall, you go to Sacramento in 2014, they come in, they win it. 
Um, obviously, the success that your club had in New Mexico United, where I uh, can't remember if it was a 10th place or 9th place finish in, in 2019. Um, but then, obviously, the great Open Cup run. Yeah. yeah, then the great Open Cup run for sure. But, you know, Hartford Athletic in 2019 really struggled. Loudon really struggled. We Miami FC, which the running joke for people in the Western Conference, if you don't know, um, I refuse to say the Miami FC. It's kind <laughs> of like, unless you do something, you can't put that in front of your name. I'm not going to refer to you as the Miami FC. It's like right. the Ohio State University. I'm a big Penn State fan, so it's like, yeah, oh, big, the Ohio State fan. So we got, there you we, go. got we got things to yeah. talk about. Exactly. So, um, you know, Miami FC fell flat on their faces. I'm just strolling back through now. I would say, you know, the Rowdies, when they came in, they, they carried some decent success for sure in their transition back in 2017. Um, in the 11, they, it, I think people have to remember that the team that is Martin Rennie and what they are now, regardless of postseason struggles and what they haven't been able to do, that wasn't that team a few years back, right? Like they weren't anywhere near as good as what they have been the past two seasons. Memphis, terrible. Um, even teams rebranding. Tulsa, eh. Um, I, I've got a good relationship with Marcel Serrano and Austin, so I, I think they've done okay. So anyway, bottom line is that most teams don't come in, but I think the standard for everybody in the West has got to be El Paso, right? In terms of a, a new franchise coming in, and that's not a knock on New Mexico United, but most teams will tell you that the league is everything. El Paso, back-to-back Western Conference Finals. What else could you ask for? Well, I mean, like, and, very, and very wise, I mean, like, you know, objectively speaking, like, they, you know, the midseason uh, additions to the roster, uh, key moves, you know. I mean, you saw San Diego do it last year, you know, and that changed their whole season. I mean, you know, what, you know, from your, from your perspective, watching clubs kind of, you know, shuffle in new players after, like, 10 matches – you know, I mean, obviously it's proven to be successful two times for El Paso to do that. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that go on there. Um, number one, a lot of guys and fans may not know this, but a lot of guys believe in themselves. And that's a good thing. But I mean that specifically as a lot of guys are still going through the MLS process. Usually now COVID is going to change everything and how this plays out. Um, the timeline is skewed a little bit more, but normally in a perfect world, which we no longer live in, you know, uh, <laughs> right. MLS MLS goes to camp mid to late January. Um, some guys report early, but that's usually when you, you start getting to some trainings and stuff. And their season begins five weeks later. A lot of guys, uh, including guys that have come through ish New Mexico United, um, a lot of guys have the opportunity to either sign a contract or at least get a look at the MLS level. And so they go into preseason. They go into preseason with MLS teams, sometimes two teams, and they give them a look. And so they don't sign right away. So you'll look at them and go, okay, you know, why didn't they sign in the offseason? Why did we wait so long to get them? Usually other opportunities are present. Even sometimes they go overseas for trainings, um, you know, at the end of the season. So when they come in, if guys have gone overseas, they're tired if they have an opportunity to get the transfer window because they finish the United States, they jump over, and when they come back, they're exhausted because they've been almost going for a full year straight. So they take a little bit of time, regroup. And I would say that from a coaching standpoint, they will address these players immediately if the guys that are on their boards aren't available, almost like a draft board, guys that they want to go after positions. If they're not available, this league has guys are signing earlier and earlier and earlier now. Right. You know, gone are the days of 13, 14, 15, 16, where every single year you're seeing 14, 15 new faces for a club. Now you're seeing 14, 15 familiar faces. And so all of that work is being done, as I mentioned earlier, midseason towards the end of the year so come postseason time 
these names are already being scooped up in general, yet alone the fact the ones you've already retained. So it's becoming harder and harder for these clubs to go out and find these guys so that when they do come back in, the courtship process is insane. Um, give me an example. I know a player in the Western Conference. I can't name the name. I apologize. But I know a player last year coming back in who coming in late. He was courted by almost every single big name team in the Western Conference. And I saw some of the DMs. I saw some of the conversations and texts going back and forth every single day, you know, and it, it took him time to figure out what he wanted to do because he had never been around the club. Right. The season had just started. Didn't know what the culture was like. And then guys will sit back and go, let me see how this plays out results wise, because usually the measuring stick for a team and what they're going to be coaches will tell you this as well. 10, 12 games. That's an idea of what your club's going to look like. You get the, the early season jitters. You find out what sort of form all these guys are in and what this could look like going forward. That's the measuring stick. And so guys can then go, this club's playing well. I like how they look. I like the culture there. So regardless of the courting side and, and coaches being able to get players, players get the opportunity to survey everything and say, I think this is the right fit for me. So speaking of that, let's talk about um, some some key signings that New Mexico United has has done this year um, that you particularly like and think that that's going to maybe change some of what they did in 2020. So there's signings and there's losses. Um, yes. I'm trying to figure out where I want to start. Um, let's start about the, yeah. Okay. Let's go losses. That's fine. Chris Weehan. Let's get, let's get that out of the way. It's a massive loss. Um, you, you cannot spin it any other way. And the fact that he is gone, he was culture wise, everything you could ask for in a player bought into the community, respectful, a true professional on and off the field, family guy, you know, I've known Chris for a while now and everything that he was capable of doing, he did. Um, I do also think that it opens up opportunities offensively for New Mexico United. What do I mean by that? Troy started to toy, as everybody knows, with and, and play regularly with a three back last year. And whether you were going flat in the middle, dropping five down in, there was always pressure in general, put it the playmaking role. And I'm not just referencing in a three back or five back system. I'm referencing played the four four two when you went flat. If you stack the two up top, where the transition from 19 to 20 gave you different looks. Um, the evolution made you more dangerous, but it also made it more difficult in terms of buildup in the attack. Excuse me, in the attacking role, Chris Weehan filled that role a lot. Who does that now? I expect more out of Amano Moreno, and I'm not saying that he's going to be that playmaking piece at all. But I expect more in terms of goal scoring for sure. Um, I think the hope is that Ilya Illich can fill that role because he was kind of lost in translation um, with his time at Indy 11. But having seen him at, at a real high level, I think he can fill that role for sure. I also think it takes some of the pressure off Amando Moreno, who's who likes dropping down into the pocket that Chris was in. Not as deep, and you can't play him as central, but he can drop down in to alleviate some of the pressure off the midfield, especially if it becomes five and you start to toy with a triangle, because Brian Brown comes in. That guy's a world-class goal scorer at the USL level. He likes to stretch the game. He's a big body that you can play off of. You know, imagine Devin Sandoval with more explosive power and a bit more critical in front of goal. Maybe not necessarily the same leadership capability, but, you know, he can lead this team um, by playing style. And so I think that inadvertently, not necessarily filling the role 
it is filled because you relieve pressure in other areas, right? You've got more help. You know, Sergio Rivas can help out for sure. I'm, I'm looking at the roster right now. Harry Swartz is a guy that I think New Mexico United fans, though, again, not an interior player, will come to love because of his passion and his grit and his desire. All those smiles and things that Chris Weehan did, Harry Swartz will give that to you. He's a fun player to watch. He's like a Swiss Army knife. Play him on the back line. Play him in the middle. You can throw him up top and play as a striker. Um, Illich will be a big one. Sergio Rivas in there. Brian Brown. I think all of those are good. And then a couple of the guys, to be honest, I, the re-signing of Andrew Tenari is a good one. He was always the one that I thought when Troy brought him in was going to be the, the number one guy to play the 8-10 type role and let Chris go further up. That didn't exactly happen, right? Um Andrew got hurt when he went to the Tampa Bay Rowdies. And ever since then, we're trying to find the real Andrew Tenari. You know, the real Andrew Tenari, please stand up. Whether it was his time at Red Bull or the beginning stint that he had Rowdies before his injury, he was fantastic. And so I think every coach is kind of wondering, can we get him back there? The belief right. is still there. He's still very young and he's got the desire. And so he kind of felt, from what I heard, that there were some opportunities in the offseason for him on MLS. Come back to USL. Go prove yourself. You know? Um that was something that, that Chris Weehan talked about prior to his departure where he feels slighted by the MLS level. A lot of these guys do. And so it's not just the drive to succeed here. They want to do better for themselves so that they can take a, another step up. So I think the additions are really good. Most importantly, you signed your core group of players, right? Um, you know, Kalen, I, I, I love Kalen Ryden. I think he's, he's great in the air. Good left foot for sure. Um, have some jokes with him about his hair as to whether or not he was going to grow out some dreads, but we'll dreads. work on that. Um, I talked about him on the Moreno. Daniel Bruce is definitely a cult favorite for sure. Um, Sam Hamilton on the back line. What does the goalkeeping situation look like? Rashid Tete. So I think you guys have done enough for sure. Is it enough to, to compete with some of the bigger teams? I think you'll get a good look at that again, like 10, 12 games in because of the way that things are playing out in terms of scheduling. Um, I think you guys have a very difficult schedule in general, yet alone the start of the season, three out of the first four games on the road right there. I mean, that, that's that's hard. That, that's a hard thing. And then you bring in COVID and where you're playing and where you're stationed out of. Are you regionally based? What's going on? So the, the long preseason, because teams have been in preseason for a while and you've got three more weeks before we kick off the first game. So I, I, I'm, I'm excited for New Mexico United. It's personally, it's one of my favorite teams in the entire league. So, so, Getting getting past all the all the candy and all the grass in this Easter basket, you know this is Devin Kerr's Easter egg hunt, and and you did something recently that that actually earned you a berth onto the show uh, preseason, if you will. Um, you popped on a thread on Twitter, um, and you said, "What is something that you want me and Mike Air or Mike Watts on the air to talk about?" New Mexico United that the league doesn't know about yet. And at the same time, my co-host Alicia was going on vacation. It seems like the perfect time to just go ahead and, and get you on the podcast to hear about this. Um, so, um, you know, let's go for the toy in the basket. What what do you have for uh, We Are Seeking Strike listeners, uh, New Mexico United fans and supporters um, that we we haven't heard yet, that the league hasn't heard yet. Oh, I mean, I'm gonna have to trust everybody, right? So I'm, I'm I gotta pull it up. Bear with me. <clears throat> I 
I'll say this. He's got more than one. So I would mark down on your calendars. I can't tell you why. Sunday, October 3rd. Mark down Sunday, October 3rd. And we also need to mark down Wednesday, July 21st. Mm. It's it's a tease. I know it is. But let's just say that if you do a little, little bit of digging, coming from me, why I'm saying that, you'll start to figure it out. I'm not saying I said it. I'm not saying I didn't see it. But those days, Sunday, or Sunday October 3rd, may or may not be early in the day. I'm not sure. I cannot confirm or deny that. Sunday, October 3rd. And again, Wednesday, July 21st. That's later in the day. Not confirming or denying. Just saying... If I was a New Mexico United fan, I would want that on my calendar. Heck, I, I might even have some travel plans. I'm not necessarily sure. Ooh. Wow. Just just saying. Just saying. Just saying. And you know, New Mexico United fans are trying to travel anywhere this year because it was pretty much locked down and everyone's getting vaxxed up. So people are ready to go somewhere. Yeah. And uh, if I may, if I had to pick one personally... This is just me. I might travel on Saturday, October 2nd somewhere, and I might come back on Monday the 4th. Just saying. Wow. Um, just saying. Just saying. What, what, what is one thing to definitely put in the suitcase if you, oh. were, if you were going? If I was going in October, well, you're going to need a jacket for sure. Definitely mm. going to need a jacket. And I would probably bling, I would bring a flask. Mm. Do enough digging and you'll figure out exactly what I'm saying and why. Trust me. It's very exciting stuff for New Mexico United. I can tell you that much. It's good things. And so this is uh, different than the schedules that went out to the league already? Or to the, uh, to the public? This is, this is post-schedule release, we'll say? Is that, is that fair? I can tell you this. What I'm telling you, the public doesn't know. So there we go. Oh. Okay. I can tell you that. It has not been released. I can tell you that. Oh. Mm. So. Okay. Um, this, this espresso this espresso is uh, taking me to another level, I think. Yeah, I switched to beer, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do that, too. I was like, you know, this guy wants to hang out at 8 o'clock my time. Would it be appropriate to have a coldie? By all means. So right now I'm doing the, uh, the, the truly mango uh, lemonade. Oh, okay. Guinness. Love it. Well, my wife had some of her coffee, and then she I just slid it out the side door, which is over <laughs> that way. So I slid it out, and then she handed me this, and I was like, hey, look, it's Easter Sunday. I never get a day off, so I just Man. did not that I'm upset because um, it's good to work, but I just did eight games in ten days between Olympic qualifiers, World Cup qualifiers, MLS preseason, and USL preseason. I'm tired, man. You know? I'm yeah, tired, you and I need a day off. <laughs> hey, you you earned it, man, and you earned it for sure. And uh, that's right. And it's still got coffee in it, so I mean, come on, it's it's combined, yeah. right? Exactly. I mean, you're getting the best. You're getting you're getting the you're getting the highs and lows, right? Yep, exactly. Spot on. Right on, Devin. I've really enjoyed having you on this episode of We Are Seeking Strike podcast. I'm excited for the opportunity to be joined by both the exclusive one, Alicia, as well as 
Mike Watts on the air for a three honest lads and one fair lady episode because I'm sure she's got more to ask you and you absolutely and you gents definitely have more to tell. Um, but until then, um, we will just keep it locked in to what you might be saying on three honest lads podcast. Definitely shout out to you guys for doing what you do. And this has been another episode of We Are Seeking Strike Podcast. Once more, Devin Kerr, thank you for joining us. And we will catch you next time on this same pod. Thanks, guys. See ya. You've been listening to We Are Seeking Strike Podcast, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find more USL-related podcasts and written content at bgn.fm. To never miss new content, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Seek and Strike Collective. Lastly, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Thank you.